You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. It's interesting that the Greek word used here for continuing should be translated continually. It's a continual cleansing as we walk in the light. It's almost conditional. It's a continual cleansing as we walk in the light. It's a glorious place to be, walking in the light as He is in the light, having fellowship one to another. Notice, not fellowship with God, fellowship one to another, because Jesus Christ is in us all, and we're fellowshipping one to another, and His blood continually cleanses us. As a Christian, you're called to be a light in this dark and depraved world. When you take upon the characteristics of Jesus in your behavior, you shine and have an opportunity to draw others to the Lord for salvation. Pastor Dave will be encouraging you to continue to walk close to the Lord and abide in the vine so you bear much fruit. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 12 as he continues his message, An Earnest Appeal. He's kind of telling them, if you don't know your way, you're going to be kind of like your forefathers who couldn't find their way for 40 years in the wilderness as they wandered and wandered and wandered because of unbelief, they kept on wandering. So while Jesus says, I'm here, seize the opportunity, seize the chance, don't let it go by. Respond now in truth. Respond in truth by faith. The alternative is being left in darkness. He's saying the darkness he's talking about is total separation from God. Total darkness. By a simple step of faith, these people could have passed out of spiritual darkness and into the light of salvation. A simple little step of belief, a simple little step of faith, but they could not do it. They could not do it. So Jesus clarifies this duty that they have to walk when he says in verse 36a, while you have the light, believe in the light. Believe. It's another clear duty. Believe in the light. Jesus is making this clear offer to them. The light's still here. Believe in the light. Put your prejudices aside. Look in your scriptures. Find the truth about me that is speaking to you. I make this offer. Jesus is saying, take the first step in your walk. Believe upon him who God has sent. Believe in the everlasting life. Don't let your religiosity hold you back from believing. Jesus says all these things. And then he finally comes up in verse 36. In the end, he says, he gives them a glorious prospect that you may become sons of light. There's a caveat at the end. There's a caveat at the end of this belief, at the end of this walk of faith. It's called eternal life. The caveat is eternal life. He said, the light's here. Walk in the light. Don't stumble in darkness. You don't have to. And if you do, you're going to be children of the light. You're going to be sons of God, daughters of God. You're going to be children of the Most High. It's up to you. It's up to you. Glorious prospect of being a child of God, a child of the light. 
Jesus said that those who believe will be children of the light. If you're a child of the light, guess what? You're not walking in darkness, are you? You're not walking in darkness. You know where you're going. You know what awaits you. You know you have a future and a hope in Christ Jesus. When you're not walking in darkness, you know you have eternal life and nobody can tell you different. You know what the scriptures say and you anxiously await for Christ's return. You anxiously look for him and wait for his return to snatch us out of here and take us away in the rapture. Trying to make yourself pure and holy through the Holy Spirit, waiting upon him to come and gather us up for himself and take us home. We wait for that. We pray for that. And as the days get darker and darker in the land in which we live, our prayers are more fervent than ever that he would soon return. As it was once said long, long time ago, if the Lord doesn't do something with the United States, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't even remember who said it. Somebody said it. Children of the light. What does that mean? Well, according to the Hebrew dialect here, it basically means that those who are in a state of light, which is endued with the knowledge of him and holiness, walking in the light as he is in the light. Jesus said, this is no more time than this. I'm going to be lifted up, and I hope that you will get this. I hope that you will see this. He's made this earnest appeal to all men. And then he departs and hides himself until the time is full. Look at the rest of it. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. Jesus didn't say any more to them, but he left and hoped that they would consider his words. And that's all I can do as a pastor. That's all that anyone can do that teaches the word of God. Put the word out there and hope that you would consider it. Hope that you would take it into your life, read it, study it, and let the Holy Spirit speak to you about it. And that's our hope, and that's what we do here. But he did this for two reasons. He left them to their own conviction and own awaiting, awakening. They had to be convicted themselves. See, I can't accept Jesus for you. I can't force you to accept Jesus. I can't force you to be born again. That's got to be something that the Holy Spirit convicts you of, that the Holy Spirit draws you into. You've got to willingly come into this relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't be forced into it. You've got to willingly come into it. So Jesus left these guys with his words. It's almost like he's chewing it, guys. But think about it. Think about the words that have been said. Think about what is going on here. He hoped that they would. If they won't accept what he said, he doesn't have anything more to say to them. What more can he say? What Once the gospel is preached, what more can you say? When you're witnessing to somebody and you get to the gospel and you tell them the gospel, what's left to say except, will you accept? That's it. There's nothing else left to say. So Jesus knows that and he leaves them to their own devices. If they don't believe, they're going to die in their sin and in total darkness. He also left for his own preservation. He also left because he knew that they were going to be angry at what he's saying. They're going to be a little ruly as usual. So he went and hid himself from all their rage and fury. And it's believed that he went and he retreated to Bethany. It's believed that that's where he went. 
So how do we apply this to us? How does this now equate from 2,000 years ago that Jesus is saying to these men, to us here in 2019, how does this apply? Well, I thought about that at length when I was doing this study, and, and I came up with several things I hope they apply. We live in what is known as the age of grace. We live in the age of grace, the church age. It is the age of grace. What does that mean? That means that by God's grace, through faith, you can be saved. By believing on Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, by believing in a sacrifice, by believing that he died on a cross for your sin and confessing those sins, believing that God raised him on the third day, you will be saved. It's the age of grace. That belief is accounted to you as righteousness, just like Abraham's belief. It's the age of grace. We become children of God by faith. We're not under the law. Jesus fulfilled the law completely and perfectly. But God has still given us an earnest appeal. We now have the opportunity to come to, into his kingdom by faith and become his child. You can come freely just as you are. It's a beautiful, beautiful invitation. We also have a clear duty. Walk in the light. We're to walk in the light. We must walk in the light as he is in the light, having fellowship one to another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. That's what it says in 1 John 1, 7. It's interesting that the Greek word used here for continuing should be translated continually. It's a continual cleansing as we walk in the light. It's almost conditional. It's a continual cleansing as we walk in the light. It's a glorious place to be, walking in the light as he is in the light, having fellowship one to another. Notice, not fellowship with God, fellowship one to another, because Jesus Christ is in us all, and we're fellowshipping one to another, and his blood continually cleanses us. We submit to him totally. It means we're generally obedient. We don't have any sin that we're holding on to or harboring in our own. We're not resisting conviction of the Holy Spirit. We're walking in the light. John's message means that the walking in the light is possible. Now, this side of eternity, there's no perfection. We're not living in a sinless state. Yet we can walk in the light because this becomes perfect obedience to God. The Christian life is often described as walking. It implies activity. Not sitting around waiting, eating bonbons. It requires activity. It's an active rest. It's an oxymoron, actually. It's an active rest. Walking implies action continually in progress. And since God is alive and acting, when we fellowship with him, when we fellowship with one another, we are walking and are active. We are to walk in the light. Why? Because God is light. It also says that in 1 John. God is light. And there is no darkness in him. We have fellowship one to another. The blood of Jesus Christ continually cleanses us from all sin. As we're in the light, we enjoy this cleansing. We enjoy this fellowship. We enjoy the cleansing of him. It doesn't mean sin is perfection. It means a continual cleansing. But there is a solemn warning, folks. There is a solemn warning. This great invitation has a shelf life. This age of grace has a shelf life life. It will not last forever. It will not last forever. In fact, in Genesis 6, 3, it says God's spirit will not always strive with man. This age of grace will not last forever. When does it come? 
when Christ comes for his church, when Christ comes for his bride and what we call the rapture, and we're gone, the age of grace is over. Age of grace is done. You can still get in the kingdom, but you get in there by martyrdom. You have to lose your head. Literally. This is a solemn warning as well. Age of grace concludes when Jesus meets us in the air. And then there is this terrible possibility. If we fail to accept Jesus' sacrifice on the cross as forgiveness for our sins, we too will be cast into eternal darkness. We too will be in that darkened state forever. We too will be in that darkened state. We'll be left in darkness. The consequence and the true consequence of rejecting Jesus Christ is eternal separation from God. And there's a clear duty that we have. Believe. By faith, accept and believe. Put your faith in, put your trust in the one who is able to give you eternal life. Believe. Walk in the light and believe in the light. One commentator said this, quote, It is the duty of every one of us to believe in the gospel light to receive it as a divine light, to subscribe to the truth it discovers, for it is a light to our eyes, and to follow its guidance, for it is a light to our feet. God's word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. Christ is the light, and we must believe in him as he is revealed to us as a true light that will not deceive us, a sure light that will not misguide us, unquote. Let us not miss or waste this opportunity, folks. Let us not waste or miss this opportunity that lay before us. Some people don't want to hear the gospel because they realize the implications. I had a dear friend of mine, a dear, dear friend of mine that I knew for a while, long time. And every time I witnessed to him, he would say, but do I have to change? And I would say, well, you don't have to, but you know when you're going to want to. Christ is going to want to change. And he would say, I don't want to change. Because they realize the implications of the gospel message, so they don't accept the gospel message because they don't want to accept change in their lives. The lordship and accountability of Jesus Christ is a serious thing, and most people don't realize the implications. Most people is the, the think sometimes is, oh, accept Christ and do whatever you want. Well, yeah, but what you want to do will be what God wants you to do. If you truly accept Christ into your heart, if you truly accept him as your savior and the Holy Spirit dwells in you and is moving in you, you're going to want to do what God wants you to do. It's the love of Christ that constrains me. It's the love of Christ that compels me to obey him and submit to him. I'm not going to want out and do those things. That doesn't mean I'm sinless. If you say you're without sin, you're a liar. Those are God's words, not mine. But people don't want to change. They want to be in charge. I've been in charge of my life and didn't end well. Wasn't a good thing. Wasn't a good time. Some don't want to give up their living life on their terms. Some don't want to take up their cross. Some don't see the beauty in Christ. They don't see the need for Christ. I might get there someday. And this is the danger. This is the danger when they start putting off, when the conviction of the Holy Spirit comes upon them and they start putting it off and putting it off because each time they put it off, their heart gets harder. Their heart gets harder. And who knows, one day it might be so hard that they won't even think about Christ. They won't even think about accepting the Lord. And it's a dangerous place to be. It's not that they can't get saved later. Or excuse me, not that they can. It's they can't. 
They can't make that commitment because their heart is so hard. They never feel the conviction of the fear of conviction. You can also, you can be interested without being submissive. You can be educated and theologically straight, but still not know Jesus. You can let greed, power, control, sex get in your way and not believe at all. We must make the decision today to reject and delay of Christ and his offer of salvation is, is, to me, the worst thing a person can do. The worst thing a person can do. Salvation is simple. It is very simple, but it's not easy. He says, work out your salvation in fear and trembling. There, there's a lot of work in salvation. There's a lot of things for us to continue to do. But as we rest in Christ, the work gets done, and we allow the Holy Spirit access to our life. When we allow the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit's supposed to do in our lives, we're resting and trusting in Him. There's also a caveat. There's a glorious possibility. Glorious possibility. John 1, 12. I'll read it. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but God. That's the caveat. That's the caveat that's being hung before you. To be a child of God, to be a son of God, to be a daughter of God, you must believe upon Jesus Christ. For as many as has received him, for as many as taking him in, he's given them the right, the privilege to be called a child of God. You know, we talk a lot about Jesus and something that's been on my mind now for a while. We talk a lot about Jesus being seated at the right hand of God the Father. And that's where he is. That's his place. But we also talk about us being in Christ. Scripture tells us that we too are seated with him in heavenly places. So picture this. This is what's been really on my mind lately. I don't know. If we're seated in Christ and Christ is seated at the right hand of Father, if I want to talk to my Father, I just go, Father? Right? Isn't that where we are positionally? Well, no, we're here. Yeah, yeah, I know that. I get that. But positionally, we're seated in Christ in heavenly place. Read Ephesians. So if we're seated in him in heavenly places and he's on the right hand of God the Father, that means God the Father is right there. And I can lean over and I can talk to him. He's right there. Like, come on. Is that too far-fetched? No, I don't think it's that far-fetched. I don't think it's that far-fetched at all. That shows you how much love he has for us to allow us to be seated in the throne room with Jesus Christ. But you have to be a child. You have to be one of his kids to call him Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Term that I wouldn't use. Daddy, that's what Abba means. I shudder, I couldn't use that. No, Father, I couldn't do it. It's a glorious possibility. Only if you accept Jesus Christ. Only if we received him. Son of God becoming a man that we might be made sons of God. I love that. It's a beautiful possibility to become a son or daughter, to be born again, not of the flesh. We've all gone through a fleshly birth, not by the will of man, but by the spirit, by the will of God, to come into a loving relationship with him through Jesus Christ, to be born again into a living hope. 
oh man. And to know that you're there with him and he'll never leave nor forsake you. That he got you in the midst of your trouble, in the midst of the worst time of your life. He's right there with you. And nothing can separate you from his hand. Nothing can separate you from his love or pluck him out of, your, out of his hand. Man, if you haven't experienced that, if you have not experienced that, then this message is for you. Don't waste the opportunity that is being thrown out there today. Do not waste the opportunity to get right with God, to come out of the religious box, and to accept Jesus Christ into your life, to repent of your sin. It's simple. I confess my sin to you, Jesus. I am a sinner. He forgives you of your sin when it's confessed. And you're forgiven. I believe in you. I believe that God raised you on, your father raised you on the third day. I believe. I trust. I hope. That's what it all means. I know that when I look around the room, I, I, I know all of you and I see you. And I, I'm just so thankful for each and every one of you. But, but I know some of you out there are still playing. You're still playing church, and I'm not trying to come down on anybody and point any fingers, because these fingers come back at me, folks. I know you're just, some of you are just playing church, that you haven't made that true one commitment. You haven't settled it in your heart and accepted Christ. You haven't really taken that step of faith and declared Jesus as Lord and Savior. Oh, you may have done it a long time ago, but you've let it slide. You put it on the back burner. You're not following him as much as you used to, because you know what? Well, you know, this Jesus thing is pretty cool, but you know i got other things to do. That's not where it is. If that's you, if that is you, describes you today, you need to make yourself right with God. Don't waste the opportunity. Don't waste this opportunity. Not that this opportunity won't come by again, because if you've been here a lot, you know the opportunity usually comes up every Sunday. But don't waste this opportunity. We don't know what tomorrow brings. I guarantee you're not, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. If we've learned anything here at Calvary Chapel. We know that you're not guaranteed tomorrow. So your glorious opportunity has been given out today. A duty to walk. A solemn warning that the opportunity is not going to last forever. Terrible possibilities of being left behind when all else are taken away. Terrible possibilities of being left in total darkness forever. A glorious duty to believe. And a glorious possibility of being a son or daughter of God. And that's what's being thrown out to you today. That's the opportunity that I am presenting to you today. And only you and God know the condition of something going on. And I believe that some of you don't know the condition of your heart. God does. And if you're feeling that tug by the Holy Spirit today, God is speaking to you today through these words, through this scripture. You need to do something about it because you might not pass this way again. You are a sure We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on A Sure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. Just look under the Messages tab. 
You can listen to additional teachings from this series in John or jump to another book of the Bible. Each book gives some useful insight into God's plan for you and the world you live in. We trust that A Sure Hope is an encouraging program for you. And if you're without a church family, we'd love for you to join us. If you happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to meet you in person for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 10 a.m. And you can find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we understand. And we'd still love for you to be a part of our church family virtually. You can join us for church online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at assurehoperadio.com. And don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Assure Hope.